more out there. <laughs> this is Cindy with Title Smart, and they'd be like, Title who? Title what? I always say that horses save me. The husband killed the wife. For some reason, people always need a house. Tell us about your favorite kid, Charlie. What car did I own in 98? Papa, not life? Is that? That's pretty good. Bucked me off, stood right on my chest because we were building the case for the FBI. By the time I left the country after two years, I was flipped. 40 below? Yeah. Yeah. What? You, you can't buy anything today without title insurance. The previous owner told me, it'll never work the way you're doing it. I'm like, going to bed. Did about 25,000 closings last year. Christmas. Christmas. Well, in, in the real estate game, Title Smart's like a household name. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Weekly Deposit Episode 5. We have a very, very, three times very special very. guest, Cindy Koble, who is the owner and founder of Title Smart. Um, and I'm going to have Cindy kind of tell you a little bit more about herself before we get into some questions. Cindy, tell us a little bit about yourself. Excited to have you. Yes, okay. we are super yeah. excited yeah. to have you. Thank you for yeah, coming. Thanks for having me. Um, yes, I am the owner and founder of Title Smart. Yes. And we have nine locations around the Twin Cities. We opened in 2007 mm -hmm. and grew from three people to... And at one point, we were probably about 140 mm -hmm. and um, did about 25,000 closings last year. So, wow. Yeah. Did you hear that? Yeah. 25,000 <laughs> closings. I know. It's crazy. That I mean, is right? nuts. Yeah, did did you ever think about that in 2007, that you would no. reach that number? Uh, in 2007, <laughs> I was like, I hope this is going to work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so a lot's happened since then. I, I wrote and published three books, self-published, and I bought a ranch in South Dakota last year, and um, I'm running what they call a horse camp out there. Okay. Oh. So people, it's, it's actually a thing, I guess. People come in and camp with their horses from all around the United States, and uh, they come out and see us in the Black Hills and camp at our place and ride out in the Black Hills National that Forest. That is very creative. I yeah. never thought of that. How Sounds many horses therapeutic are, are on the yeah. ranch? Well, I have seven, and then the people I have managing the ranch have two, and then um, and then those are really mostly just for our personal use. So mm -hmm. when people come in, it's amazing. They come in, they have these huge rigs that have like a big living quarters, and in the back is where the horses come in, and they drive these huge things yeah. out to our camp, and then. We have all these campsites, and they can just hook right up to electric and water and camp. And then we have little corrals for their horses. And nice. And hey, and I'm sold. It, yeah, it <laughs> is. No kidding. Ella came out there last year, and yeah. it is just like unbelievable. It's just big, huge, gigantic pine trees. And no, we have been doing some research, so we yeah. know you are big into the horses and yeah. the ranch. And yeah, we're gonna talk. Like about, I have a lot we, of questions. About yes, that. we 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 have. Yeah, we have quite the. Yeah. We have a few questions about that, but I think we want to start yeah. out. You know, at where where Cindy was, yes. two thousand five, six, seven, leading up to you making Title Smart yes. and those initial challenges you face. I think a lot of people, when they are having a business, the first two to three years is probably the hardest. Yes. Um, so we want to kind of just deep dive in a little bit more mm -hmm. about that. What challenges did you face? Um, you know, we did we did see your books. I think you said two children's books. And the other book, Obsessed to Success. Yes. 
Yes, I like that title, by the way. Thank you. Thank yes. you. Yes. That's great. Um, but yes, what were those challenges and what kind of, uh, how did that obsession to success develop? Well, I was working for a large title company in the Twin Cities that was owned by one of the big real estate companies. And I always kept getting passed over for management. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't really appreciated for the business that I brought in because I brought in a lot of business that was outside of the realty network. And I would get really frustrated at the end of the year when they'd hand me an envelope with $25 in it. The oh. same envelope that they would hand to the That's temporary brutal. worker at the front desk. Yeah. You know, oh, like, no. Happy not, holidays. Yeah. <laughs> You're and just a number there. Yeah, That's I wasn't a, getting any yeah. type of recognition or acknowledgement yeah. or compensation for all that extra that I did. And I could not do it because it was just who I was. Mm-hmm. And um, so eventually I got recruited by when Keller Williams just came into the Twin Cities and one of the franchises decided they wanted to open a title company. So they recruited me in and I grew that and we built it into like seven offices. And after five years, I'm like, hmm, I can do this for myself. Yeah. And so bad timing, 2007, I incorporated the business, I resigned, I opened, and then my sister and my best friend, Lori Weaver, Angela, we all just kind of started. We had a little tiny office space that was like a thousand square feet on the upper level with no elevator and one tiny little closing room. And we were like, okay, let's go. So then I'd call people and be like, this is Cindy with Title Smart. And they'd be like, Title who? Title what? They didn't know. You know, there's like this new title company. Right. So yeah. um, then the bottom fell out of the market. So there was everything with all of the, um, you know, you've ever seen that movie, the, the the big, big short? short? Yeah. Yeah, 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 the big yeah, short. Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny because Margin I just... Margin Calls and Big Short, two great movies. Great yeah. Movies. yeah. But go on. I just thought about that. Like I saw that movie a couple years ago for the first time, and I looked at my husband, and I'm like, oh, I, that was, I survived that. That's you when did. I actually <laughs> built my, opened and did. built my business. He's like, yeah, I know. So, um, yeah, we were basically sitting there, and we had just a handful of clients, and... Um, We had to really get serious and decide that we were going to build the business regardless of the recession Mm -hmm. and regardless of what was going on in the market. And we just started in one relationship at a time. We had just enough closings. Mm -hmm. We did a few adjustments. We had, you know, like we started out saying, okay, we're going to pay ourselves this. Well, in a couple months in, we're like, I don't know if we're going to be able to make payroll. So then I'm like, so now we're going to pay ourselves this. So I cut everybody's salaries by 25%, which was a lot at the time. And um, we sat down and we really set some solid goals. And I really started to visualize how I could see the business running and what challenges we were facing. I was like, we have to just will this into being. And I would like to ask you, like, when you were going through all this, um, how did you keep like a level head? Like, how did you like, what do you do? Like, how do you wake up in the morning? How do you get your day started? Like when it's like all this on on your plate? It's a lot of anxiety. Yeah, right. So it was crazy. And I had well, luckily, I had two little kids at the time. So I don't really have time to think. And I was at the point where I was, you know, living paycheck to paycheck. And I was opening a new business. So I was advancing on my credit cards and just trying to pay what I could. And um, I, I, you know, I looked at my husband at the time and I'm like, do you think this is going to work? Am I ever going to see a light at the end of the tunnel? And he's like, yep, it's going to work. I've watched you in action. I know that you can do this. That's and, great support. Um, 
Yeah, yeah. He was always really a big cheerleader and always behind me. And and um, so, I mean, there was a couple of days where I was sitting in the office and I looked and I had two files in my rack where we keep our closing files. And I'm like, geez, I got to get some business. <laughs> and, um, you know, I can just say we just believed and we just... You know, I would go out and I'm like, I'm going to meet somebody tonight. I'm going to make a connection for my business. So and that was, that was the breaking point for you. Yeah. It's like when you've seen those two files and you're like, all right, now I got to go be a shark or I got to go be a wolf. So what was that process like? Did you just tell the other people in the office too? Like, hey, we got to make 50 connections this week or, you know, there's got to be something where we just hit it and run. Like, yeah. did you have that conversation? We did weekly meetings where I literally went through the book, The Secret, Okay. And I was like, okay, I don't want to hear anyone talking negative, and I don't want anyone to say that things are going bad and that things are rough. I only want you to focus on how our business is going to grow. Mm -hmm. And everywhere you go, I want you to t fully be expecting that you're going to make a connection. And I, it, I know it sounds kind of woo-woo, but it worked. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, oh, I, I ended that. up with that, that same week where we had that meeting, I ended up going out to dinner with my husband and I put my business cards in my little blazer pocket and I'm like I'm running into someone tonight and literally I walked in I ran into an agent I hadn't seen in years and he's like oh my god I was just thinking about you the other day we're starting to do short sales and I'm like oh we're experts at those we really weren't but we yeah. were experts yeah, at becoming experts. Yeah. So, <laughs> I like that. so we knew I like we that. could just wing it so uh, next thing I know, he contacted me and he connected me with another agent who, to this day, is my all-time best client. And I've been working with him since that, that time period. But we got busy and we learned how to do these short sales. And we started getting both sides of those. And then we started meeting other agents because of those. And they were like, wow, you know, I never had somebody call me back so quickly yeah. and email me back so fast. And this response time is like no other. And then, then just standing behind the work. Yeah. And I think that's where a lot of companies fall short. It's yep. like, okay, you know, my person forgot this or missed this or made this mistake. Fix it. Mm -hmm. Don't sit there and dwell on whose fault it is and wah, wah. Just figure out a way forward and fix it. Take yep. the hit. Be accountable. Because I know that the customer I'm working with is going to trust me so much more if I'm like, you know what, I screwed up, yeah, yep. but I'm going to fix it. Just be honest. Yeah. You're a problem yeah. solver, and yeah. we're all human. A lot of title yeah. companies like to play the blame game, right? Oh, I hate that. So, yeah. I'm like, you screwed it up. You missed yeah. it. Now let's just work together and fix it. Take like the that. hit. It's hard for a lot of people <laughs> to take accountability. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. It, it's know? a problem across the board with all business. Yeah. But um, it's one thing, you know, that has really helped me solidify those relationships with the clients I work with because they know that I'm going to call them and go, oh, my God, I screwed up so bad and yep. missed these taxes. We'll go ahead and get them added back on there. We'll cover them. You know, and if I wouldn't have, I may never have seen a deal from that client. Yep. Yeah, that's true. I think, you know, at the beginning, obviously, when you start a business, you don't have top dollars for marketing or this or that. So you're depending whole solely on your word of mouth and doing good business by yes. people yeah your customer right? service so and and cindy's 2007 when everything's kind of going to uh shit pretty much yeah. <laughs> yeah. um um i mean i would say the, world. the worst but yeah. best time to start because like such a beautiful story where you are at now you yeah know, it's just yeah but yeah. i think it's uh hurts her obsession yeah. her her tenacity her proactiveness to you know either pick up the phone or yeah. her manifestation of going to meet someone i think those are all great 
traits to have as an entrepreneur because there is tough, tough times. There is times where you are not sure what the next day is going to be or if next week or this or that. So it's very edge of the seat stuff, which can be uh, thrilling to some people. Well, even right now, you know, this year, everything is kind of returned in the real estate title market to 2019 levels. I knew that was going to happen. I prepared for it. You can't expect to be in an unprecedented, busy pandemic market for two years and expect it to go on for the rest of your You're business like, career. I agree. Yeah. So You're you have right. to plan. Well, a lot of title companies didn't plan, and I've heard in the last couple of weeks of some that are closing their doors. Yeah, I've heard of quite a few. Yeah, and I closing. actually sit there and I just look at them like, what? Because what did you do with all that money? <laughs> you just made a fortune oh, over vacation? those years. Good, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You know, distributions of profits. It's yeah. like, no, you have to save. You have to plan. And you have to look forward to the time when you're not going to be as busy. Because I like to retain my staff and still be able to treat them well. Because I don't want to have to train people from the bottom up again once it gets busy. So it's really important. To I feel like that's more cost. Uh, it's more cost effective to keep them yes. happy rather than doing the whole. Yeah. Know, uh, what they have, uh, what we'd like to call in the revolving door. Yeah. Where it's just like people door. coming in and out and it's, and it's basically, and, and no shame against it. They're hourly paid people. So they, maybe sometimes they're not in it. They just like don't that. care. Yeah. Yeah. They don't yeah. Care. Some do, some don't. So I don't want to blanket statement. I don't want to blanket statement anyone, but it's very hourly paid type transactional work. Um, where in our world, it's not like that. Oh, now, no, I have no. a question for you. Now, you know a lot are closing their doors. You ever thought about expanding more and maybe taking over some? or Acquisition? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I looked into that, but for my business with, okay, so I'm a service business, and even for companies that are looking to sell their business, it's really hard to put a value on that because yeah. it's your talent, and your talent can just up and walk out the door. True. So... For me to look at buying another title company, they'd have to fall in love with everything that we're doing and be on the board whole with that. And yeah. And yeah. So when I see a company go out of business, first thing I'm like is I'm really sad for them that they mismanaged or had misfortune of some sort. Yeah. And I try to learn from that. And then also I try to pick up those customers as they go along by the wayside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then that's really a win win because they, they do. When, and, when people start yeah. talking like that, people scatter very quickly. And so that's why, and I'm sure you guys do that with real estate too. Mm-hmm. Like I'll be talking to a, a prospective realtor and they'll be like, oh, I have a relationship with this person and I've been closing with them for years. I just love them so much. And I'm like, yep, I totally understand that. Now, if things ever change, if the relationship breaks down or they leave the business or they move or something like that, sorry, um, consider me your backup. And that happens a lot where all of a sudden that change does come up and right away they're like, I already know who I'm going to. I'm going to title smart because I always told Cindy I would. And Mm -hmm. that's who I trust second. So, well, in in the real estate game, title smart's like a household name, you know, I, I I attribute that to your branding and your marketing. Yeah. You know, I mean, you have a jacket right now with title smart. So it's like the branding is just very on point. As you can see with us too, we're very big on, yeah, similar colors. But if you've been in the business or at least a year full time, you've heard of title smart. 
good. Yes. Is that a fair is that <laughs> a fair statement to say? Statement. Yes, well, yes. I you mean, know. you have you have nine locations. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sure there's some more in the works, uh, potentially. <laughs> You know, maybe yeah, we'll get some yeah, secrets yeah, out of maybe, Cindy. Maybe we might. Get yeah, who knows? Out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody's like, you should open an office here. And I'm like, oh, you know how much work it is for me to open a new office? <laughs> so, I, I was going to be one I of those know. people and say, open up one in open South Metro. Maybe, maybe, maybe once you're done camping with the horses, yeah. you'll want to open another one. You'll get that, that, that entrepreneur itch. I like to lead with revenue. So yeah. if I have an account that can uh, support a closer, and the closer can also branch out and and retain yep. and accumulate new clients, then it makes sense. Okay. So oh, each gosh. office that I opened, I had specific people that were designated that were going to either go there gotcha. or were coming to us and needed that location. So we opened it specifically for them, okay. and that works out. Very quickly, how pre-planned is that? How, like, how many years to open an office, or is it a year? How, just real quickly... Like how long gets us off of here? (laughs) (laughs) How long does it take to open an office? From initial like uh, conception, like okay, I want to open another office. Yeah. Then from planning and everything like that, obviously getting the place, the the real estate side of it. Yeah, it depends on what we end up doing. Like I can go into like a temporary location, so I could get that set up within like ninety days. But usually, I go and I want to have you know my glass. Door conference rooms. I want yeah. everything to kind of look like. Oh yeah, I'm at a Title Smart office. Yep. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So I've closed out a few where they had that. that was, and like, oh, this is nice in here. Yeah. <laughs> well, so no, again, out, like Cindy said, everything is very branded, very mm-hmm. similar. Yeah. So you know, mm-hmm. yes. yeah. So with build out, it would probably be you know you'd probably be looking at finding an office and designing it and building it. You're looking at probably six to nine months. Okay. okay. Yeah. I okay. mean, realistically, um, and it just depends on what's available. But a lot. I mean. I can easily get an office up and running if I can find a space with a short-term lease mm-hmm. or uh, find a, just a temporary location for somebody. Mm-hmm. But like with Woodbury, I started out in a smaller place with them and then we filled it. Mm-hmm. And then when their lease came due a year before that, I was looking and kind of planning and then I ended up going with double the size. Okay. And now that's full. Yeah, well, I guess our thing is like yeah. we see in like you have one in Fairbolt and Stillwater and stuff. And it's like potentially maybe St. Cloud, Duluth, Rochester. Who knows? Do you yeah. have a direction that you're heading? Yeah. Or is it? Uh, right now, I'm just so content. Yeah. So I'll probably wait now yeah. until, you know, p- the real estate market stabilizes. I mean, I, I feel like we're still in a really good spot for the real estate market. People mm-hmm. keep saying, oh my gosh, the interest rates and the inflation. And I'm like, you know what? For some reason, people always need a house. Yeah, people are still going to close on a house. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, I worked in title back when the interest rates were 8 and yeah. 9 yeah, and 11, and I still had closings. And yeah. then, you It'll know, then stop. the refi boom comes, and I close them again. So yeah. mm-hmm. um, for some reason, they always kind of need us, even if it's a foreclosure market. Or mm-hmm. yeah. if the uh, first-time home buyers slow down, interest rates go up, then I have all these investors coming in and start gobbling up the real estate. So we yep. always kind of stay steady. But I think I'll just wait until, like, the next boom before I... Start thinking about that. Yeah, start thinking about that. But I, I feel really content with just my business and how things are going and That's the great. amount of free time that I get now. I think the thing I really thought about 
before this podcast, what I really wanted to ask you is the most simplest question, but the general public tends to not know. What is title? <laughs> what does the title company do? Ooh, yeah, that's a good one. Okay, well, what's easiest for the consumer to understand yep. is we are the closing company. We are the escrow settlement company. Mm -hmm. So it's basically our job to take a purchase agreement that either the parties enter into or the realtors help them enter into and to honor the intentions of those people, of those parties. Mm -hmm. So we're going to take that and put together an entire settlement. So we have to search the title. We have to make sure that we do everything correctly to make a proper transfer to the new buyer. And we need to make sure that the buyer gets a clean title. And then we record the transfer. And then we ensure that the work that we did was correct. So there's a title insurance policy behind that. And so if there, became a, if there was a big lawsuit from a prior owner or a prior prior owner that was claiming some sort of interest to the property or some big mistake that the seller lied about, that's or liens where the, too. Yes. So liens there would be are... like a, a prior lien, like a seller had a judgment or a tax lien that they didn't disclose. And um, it showed up later that it was on the property before the transfer. Mm -hmm. Then the title insurance would kick in and defend that. So it doesn't mean we just like write a big check for that and everybody walks away. But we report that to the underwriter. They make a claim and the underwriter hires attorneys to go in and fight that and settle it. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. So, so, so a lot of work I mean, behind. yes, I think one of my questions here was title insurance, get it, don't, or don't. And I yeah. think you've pretty much answered that, right? Yeah, yeah you, you, you can't buy anything today without title insurance. And it's right. funny because, I mean, I, re I remember talking to this guy that I met through Alec that um, was from El Salvador. Mm -hmm. And he was like, oh my gosh, when I was explaining to him what we did, he's like, that would be the most amazing thing because in El Salvador, you can't get title insurance oh. and they don't have this really slick property record system that we have in the United States. And so when you buy something, half the time you don't even know if you're really getting it. Yeah, yep. uh, my family owns in El Salvador some land. So oh, that's okay. that's where we're battling all yeah. the legal documents and everything out it's there. Crazy. So it's crazy. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. But another thing I wanted to ask you is just like in that time frame from like 2008 to 2014, you, did you see a lot of problems in title like with foreclosures and... Yeah, I mean, there was a lot. After that time period, There, the underwriters came back to us and said, oh, gosh, this is the biggest claims rate we ever had. And I'm like, too bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we shared all that premium with you. Yeah. So, so people think that the title company is just the one standing behind everything, but I actually have six underwriters that really want us to write for them. And so uh, most title companies have like one or maybe two. Well, I write for six because it gives me more leverage with settling issues. So let's say you sell a property and mm -hmm. I'm the closer on it and I find there's an issue and the underwriter that insured it before was Old Republic and now I'm using Fidelity. I can easily just switch that over to Old Republic oh, or no. because I'm their customer and I write on their paper, I can call them and be like, hey, help me out here. Otherwise, I won't be your customer anymore. So, okay. so okay. yeah, it's kind of like me, like an insurance agent, I write for auto owners yep. or farmers. Yes. So with this, this gives you the opportunity to write for these different ones. So we're basically sharing in the premium with them. And then they also have some controls on us too. So they come in every year 
audit our trust account, audit, audit our practices, and make sure that we're doing a good job to continue to be an agent for them. Yep. Okay. That makes sense. What's some common problems that you see or oh your gosh. closers see? Um, I'm trying to think. Okay. So I just had a really cool one that we worked on this summer. So, I mean, I just want you to kind of picture, like, a, a block, a city block, like Shoreview, let's say. Okay. And there is this easement that's for utilities that's running all the way along the backside of the property on all the homes. Well, all these homes had built their sheds and their swing sets and their gardens and all oh. this stuff over that easement. All the easement? Over years. Oh, okay. Over, like, 50 years. Well, now all of a sudden, the city came in and decided they're going to do something with that now and told all the people oh. that they have to move their stuff. Oh, so, oh wow. So, so if you look at, sucks. So if, you look at the, if you look at the block, let's just say that Title Smart closed the one in the middle. Yeah. Well, we ended up looking at our policy because the people had to move their shed and their big garden they had. And... Um, and we looked at our policy and we're like, okay, well, this client paid the extra amount to have the enhanced policy. Mm-hmm. So they actually have coverage on that. Mm-hmm. And even though, so we, we had them submit a claim to our underwriter, the underwriter denied it. What? I called the underwriter and made them get involved. And then we ended up actually hiring somebody to go out there, move the stuff. And then the underwriter paid the bill. Where all their neighbors were ticked, because none of their title companies helped them. Wow. And I'm like, because wow. they just gave up. They're just yeah. like, oh, yeah, it's not I'm my like, problem anymore. I have yeah. to stand behind my work. Right. And so, I mean, That's that amazing. one actually escalated up to me. And, you know, a couple people were like, not my fault, not mm-hmm. my fault. And I'm like, no, we're standing behind our work. And we're going to help this customer. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to so, rewind, just rewind that little bit. A little bit. That's really good. That's why you should choose them. <laughs> That's why you should choose Tyler Smart. <laughs> they go above and beyond. Yeah, they do. You know, That's it's amazing. important. And, and, you know, it was kind of fun to know that they were bragging to their neighbors about it. Yeah. Uh, so did those neighbors eventually go with you? or? Well, for them, they couldn't really go with us because yeah. they already had their policies from when they bought. Okay. But, you know, I did tell them they should go and try to fight that a little bit more. Yep. Yeah. Um, but... It, it, just the weird stuff that comes up. Yeah. This, yeah, this is a great transition. I had a, a question here. I was like, some cool closing day type stories. We want some drama. So <laughs> yeah, some we want like the juicy Jerry drama. Springer, <laughs> oh, like gosh. some like at each other's throats. Like you sold me this hunk of junk house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm I mean, sure you have a lot of those. <laughs> I swear, we get the crazies of the crazies. So I, I, a couple of years ago, I know we were working on a situation where. Um, the husband killed the wife. Okay. And it just got intense. Oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh. And it, not there was a that. murder trial going on and the husband and wife were joint tenants. And as we started going through working on the file, because sometimes when you just get the file, nobody tells you anything about it. No. Mm-hmm. And so, oh. and we were representing the buyer, so we weren't even handling the seller side, but of course we're the insuring title company, so they have to provide everything to us. But it turned out that because the husband allegedly awaiting trial killed the wife, it severed their joint tenancy. So you know how they say when you're joint tenants, you have rights of survivorship. So okay. if I married, what a, what a specific yeah. word to <laughs> <Yeah>. use. <laughs> but you know, so basically, if if the husband killed the wife and didn't and wasn't found guilty, mm-hmm. then the property would have gone to him as the surviving joint tenant. 
So we had to escrow all of and the proceeds. And if he did do it? Yeah, if he did do it, then, then no. Is he still getting the house while he's in no, jail? Or? No, no, it severed the joint tenancy. Oh, yes. So then her money would go into her estate. And oh, so what okay. happened was, in order to facilitate closing, we had to escrow all of the proceeds. And, of course, we had attorneys and all these people helping us put it all together. But we escrowed all the money, and we had to wait for the outcome of the trial. And he was... Guilty? Guilty. Found guilty. Yeah. Oh, wow. The so, glove did fit? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and man. so That's then, crazy. Yeah, so then, then what that did is it severed the joint tenancy, so now they're tenants in common. And then we were able to then pay his part of the proceeds okay. to whoever it was. Yeah. And then her half went, you know, into where we had to get a court order for her estate and blah, blah, blah. So that was kind of exciting. Yeah. You didn't get anything you know. for commissary? What a story. <laughs> no. You know, that people are just like nuts. a boring title company. They yeah. can just, you know. No, I, I have been a part of closing day uh, uh, mayhem, per, per se, or fiasco, yeah. depending on the title. And sometimes it has nothing to do with the title company. And pre-COVID... Most of the time it doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah, just yeah. the middle, yeah, middle yeah. man. And, 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 and pre-COVID, it, uh, the custom in Minnesota, it's not a custom everywhere, but the seller and buyer would be in the same room and they would be signing at the same time. I'm actually happy COVID <laughs> changed that a I little know. bit. So I'm, I'm really happy about that. But it would be kind of like... I don't know, a weird like tension. Tension. It yeah. is awkward. It well, is. It's it is private awkward. stuff, you know. So if yeah. you're if the seller's sitting there listening to the closer go over the buyer's loan documents, that's really private. Yeah. Yeah. That too. And it's just like you sold me a dud. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, because it's like a, it's like That's a face off. I was buying my house. <laughs> it's like a face off too, especially yeah. if yeah, the seller yeah. feels like they didn't get the best end of the deal, or the buyer feels like they didn't yeah. get the best end of the deal. It's kind of like, oh well, now I see you. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. now they want to chat and talk, and I'm like, no, we need to sign the papers. Yeah. The funniest <laughs> is when, uh, as the agent. You come in, and either the opposite agent, the, their clients are like your friends or something, vice yeah. versa. Whereas, like you, go, like if me and you were doing it, yeah, yeah. and like my client was your friend, and then you guys like start hitting it off. <laughs> it's just so weird. Like, yeah. okay, yeah, it's like, hey, don't talk to him. Yeah. <laughs> talk to my yeah. client. Yeah. <laughs> it really needed to change, and probably what else really needs to change is we need to at some point abolish the split closing. Whoops, sorry. Uh, split closing meaning, so, you know, the listing agent has their closer represent the seller and the, the buyer's agent has their closer represent the buyer. Mm-hmm. And here's why. Right now we've got this wire fraud and yes. cyber fraud and yep. everything that's going on. So the seller's closer will order the payoff for the seller and provide it to the buyer's title company who will then put it on the settlement statement, pay it off. Well, how do I know that their email didn't get hacked and they got a fake payoff and then they gave it to me and now I'm responsible for it as Mm -hmm. the buyer's title company. So more and more of that stuff is happening. Yeah, I actually got an email from a title company that I was closing with and uh, they reached out to my client. They were trying to get some stuff. Luckily, my client emailed me and when I saw their email, it was just a little bit different. Um, it was like a scammer. It was a good thing you noticed that because most people don't. No, they don't. They don't. Wire fraud's big now. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And it's, it's, that's why I think, you know, Cindy mentioned is like, you have to have a domain also as well too. Yes, you can obviously get the hack, but if you have a domain through Google or something, it's a little bit harder because they have to have that domain. And that's how I've 
saw caught the scam. But I've also had this. I don't know if I've ever told you this story. This uh, so this happened to me. I'll tell you this very quickly. And this it wasn't a title, but this was a check fraud. Since we're on fraud, um, we went to this house. We put earnest money, and then we requested the earnest money back because the deal fell through for whatever reason. We requested the earnest money back, and I said, hey, have the earnest money mailed to me. I'll drop it off to my client, you know, kind of just, yeah. you know, uh, give them a little pep talk. Hey, this one didn't work out. The next one will type yeah. thing. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, another chance to see that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I asked, you know, like for the check to be sent, and the check was like never sent, and it was like weeks and weeks, and it was like I think six, $7,000. And I'm like, my client's like, hey, where's that? check you know they wanted it in three days but yeah. they're giving it back to me in like 30 <laughs> and so we we uh, contacted the the other brokerage and everything they're like we sent that check out weeks ago and we're like what mm-hmm. uh ended up being some fraud where someone took off his name like intercepted the check somehow <laughs> took off his Jeez. name put a different name deposited in chicago like this whole fiasco finally like we had to go to that other broker like we need a, that sounds like your problem like yeah. my client needs his money and everything like that and um they made a sign something like of course we're gonna you know cooperate if there is a case or anything but it was just crazy like they showed us the check the exact check and then like the name change it it looked legit but the only thing that kind of caught me was the name the person's name they put it in they put it all their name in all caps i was like who does that well and they probably remote deposited it so yeah 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 but it was like chicago or something they said they deposited it in or something an atm in chicago too good now it's good. just crazy. Yeah, it's um, one thing that, and something for you guys to watch out for too, and it just happened, is the new scam is vacant land. So yeah, vacant land. Okay. So picture this: a, a potential seller just calls you out of the blue and says, "I own this property at blah blah blah, after Minnesota." We'll just give it. it mm-hmm. an it's example. a lot of land up there. Yep. Yeah, and um, I want to get it sold. So here's the information and. I'm in Texas and blah, blah, blah. And so you're dealing with the client the entire time. Well, we just had this happen. So the client, we, we sent the documents to the client. They met with a fake notary. We didn't know. Uh, fake IDs. We didn't know. Everything came to us. We ended up catching them because they wanted their, pri- their proceeds wired. And we used the system called Certified. So... When you say you want a wire, we send you a link through our certified system, and then you have to go through a knowledge-based authentication test, which is just information that only you know and could possibly know. Mm-hmm. And they failed it like three times. So that was just like, why would that happen? So what car off, did I own in 98? We can ask them, too, like, why did they fail it? Did they just miss a simple question, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. But these were just like down and outright there yeah. was something wrong. Oh my and goodness. it turns out we called them. Uh, the guy was clearly not who he said he was, but then he was still arguing with us on the phone. And then we actually did get a hold of the real owner. Yeah. <laughs> he was frustrated. Like, he called him. Like, yeah, he was really frustrated and he was mad because we strung him along for a few days because it was supposed to disperse like on Friday and this was Wednesday yeah. because we were building the case for the FBI. But, um, so I don't know, they took it over from there, but you know, it was $300,000 that we would have been out if we would not have had these layers of protection within our system. Yeah. And these are big amounts. These wire amounts are big. Yeah. These are big amounts. So it's like, I can sometimes like, uh, some of my clients, especially my older clients, they get very, 
you know, like, hey, I don't want to do that. This whole trust funds, this, that. They don't want to do anything yes. online. They I had, do yeah, everything I had, in person. Mm-hmm. I had one of my clients who was buying a condo all cash. It was her retirement savings. She was super um, paranoid about all that, which, you know, I get. Yeah, 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 yeah I totally understand that, too. No, it's, it's really scary. And so don't be surprised if a title company that you're working with on a transaction doesn't want to ask you, do you know this person? Have you met them in person? What do you know about them? Because oh, yeah. we need to make sure that mm-hmm. there's a, a, a that extra layer of identity because if nobody had ever met with this client. <laughs> if there's more layers your, of protection, add them. Yeah, add, is add your them. client oh. real? a lot of money? Yeah, add as many as you yeah. need to. Make it annoying that you have yeah. to have so many layers. Yeah. You don't want to lose that money. Cindy's asking me if my client's real and not just my imagination. Yeah. <laughs> well, you yeah, know, Cindy. just got to make sure you really met him. Right, not just right. some random call. So, he told know, me he's the prince of Nigeria. I told yes, you. Yes. <laughs> all right cindy we're back here let's let's talk about i think your your other passion right a big big passion is your is your ranch and 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 the horses on your ranch yes Uh, tell us a little bit about that how did you one come to own a ranch how did that all come about and and i think my other question is what is the what is uh, what is the day in the life of cindy at her ranch okay is it like yellowstone (laughs) if anyone's seen the show yellowstone like when you wake up like i just (laughs) like that i feel like a ranch i feel you know a ranch is a lot of work how early do you yeah, get up in the morning? Compared the yeah. show, if you've seen the show, that's hard work right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How yeah. early do you get up? I don't. I haven't even seen the show. <laughs> yeah. You gotta watch Yellowstone. It's such a great. show. I, yeah, I haven't even seen the show. I just like ranch equals hard work because yeah, you know, yeah, there's it stuff is to do. Lot. It is a lot of hard work, but I'm trying to get it to where it's just more relaxing. But um, mm-hmm. so the whole thing with horses really started. Um, I always say that horses saved me because in 2019 I was very burnt out from work. We were really busy. I hadn't built my management team yet so that I could have more freedom away from work. And so I kind of went through this little funk and you guys might identify with this where I would go home after work and I'd literally just sit in front of the TV. Veg out. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And my husband's like, well, let's go do this and let's go do that. Or he'd want to talk to me. And I'm like, I just, I just want to be left alone. And I think it was more just like, you know, I'm a little bit of an introvert. I know it's hard to believe, but that's kind of how I re reboot myself but I wasn't getting that reboot and so he's like we really need to find you a hobby and I'm like well the only thing I can think of is when I was young I used to like ride horse like to ride horses so he bought me this two-hour trail ride and it's kind of amazing how the universe works and it just shifts everything around the way it's supposed to the be the secret yeah because <laughs> because it, 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 it amazes me to think of all the things that had to be shifted and moved in order for this to be my current reality, because I went out on this horseback ride for two hours in Stillwater at this trail place, and I met the owner, Willie, and his girlfriend, Amy, who ended up that she was in the title industry, too, working at a different company, and we just had, like, this instant connection. So I went out there a couple weeks later and, and leased another horse and went on a ride with them, and then they're like, you know you could actually lease monthly a horse and be out here all the time with us. So I ended up, of course, in my obsessive compulsive way, I leased Mm -hmm. two. 
so I could bring somebody with. <laughs> and I just developed this great friendship with those guys. And nice. um, Willie had said to me on that first trail ride, he's like, oh, Cindy, this is like the best life ever. You should just buy a ranch out west and I'll run it for you. So today, Amy and Willie are out in South Dakota running Hay Creek Ranch. Oh, wow. So, awesome. That's yeah. amazing. That that's story. amazing. Yeah. So that's inspiring. The following year, they had um, gone out. They used to go out to Hay Creek, and they were like, you should fly out and meet with us and go for a ride and spend two days. And so they trailered their horses out there, and I flew to Rapid City, rented a car, and then drove to Deadwood, and they came and met me and got me out to the ranch because it's very rural out there. Mm-hmm. And um, I spent two days with them out there, and then I came home, and I was just like, oh, my gosh, I'm just in love. and Everything is just perfect. And so then we just kind of started talking about it. Mm-hmm. And then everything, the guy wasn't going to sell, and he wasn't interested, so we looked at all these other camps. We flew out there twice and looked at a bunch of different other properties, and then all of a sudden the door opened. The guy called and said he was ready to sell. So within 60 days, it was mine. You bought it. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and what title company did you use? The South <laughs> <laughs> I know. I really, I actually looked into it, but they do things really different out there. And I just was like, nah, I'm nice. not going to go down that road. But oh. I did have a friend from mm-hmm. out there okay. who really mm-hmm. uh, helped me out a lot. And um, that went really smooth. And um, so I, right now I'm still kind of in the process of giving it the Cindy Coble facelift. Uh-huh. So we've been improving things and excavating and fixing up stuff. And this year, so I went in full bore with social media campaign because the previous owner told me, it'll never work the way you're doing it. I'm like, want to bet? <laughs> and so last oh year. Sounds like a boomer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, last year, I would say over 40% of our customers that came in were first timers there. And so they were coming in from Kansas and all these different places. So what people do is they come in, they camp with their horses. So Mm -hmm. they load them up in these big trailers and they trailer them off to these really cool places to ride horses. And then they camp with them. And um, when they come with us, they can hook up to water and electric. And we have a dump station for their septic tank. Okay. And they can buy, because at our place you have to have certified weed-free hay. So they have to buy that from us, and then we sell merch, and we just you know have all kinds of different. It's like it's another business for yeah. you. It is another business yeah. for you. Okay, I set up a whole new website with the reservation system, and took them completely out of the pencil and paper. Era. Okay, yeah, good. Did the ranch come with the horses, or did you, were you starting then? Once you bought the ranch, then yeah, you had to start work? to kind of get the livestock and whatnot. Yep. So I uh, I bought two horses when I bought the ranch from the from the guy. Mm-hmm. But then I had already had a couple back here. And um, I still keep two horses in Stillwater that are like mine and my husband's horses. And we ride them every week. I have yeah, yet frequently. to put a horse in a purchase agreement, but I'm looking forward yeah. to that one. I did that one on the side <laughs> with the bill of sale. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you yeah. might have to use a bill of sale with that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> with the yeah. horse. I mean, I one negotiated horse. everything with that guy. And, and then I... Um, I mean, I basically did everything for mm-hmm. him so he didn't have to hire a realtor. But then um, and then when I was out there, I was like, I'll take that horse and that one. Mm-hmm. And oh. then so now it's just <laughs> been kind of play. So I know you asked me, like, what's your typical day out at the ranch? Now, the people that work out there, they have to get up and check people out and do stuff like that. But for me, 
it's nothing to see me just standing out in the middle of the pasture playing with the horses. Mm. Oh, okay. Or like we have this huge hay feeder and we put this gigantic square bale in there and I'll just climb right up in there and sit right on top of it and the horses will just all hang around with me. I think I want to kind of point out how Cindy has been able to turn her passions or hobbies or, or things she loves into businesses that make her money. Isn't that... That, yeah, yeah, that's been a common yeah. theme here with her, with her businesses and everything. Everything Stuff sounds like it's like passionate, and from there, yeah. like you're passionate about title. You moved from the old title company that you're you're at, created a new culture, and just grinded it out. And look at you're like a mega house now. And mm-hmm. it sounds like you're going doing the same thing with the horses and yep. this ranch. It's fun. Yeah, are you gonna build cabins out there too? Yeah, I was gonna say, well, yeah, what what are you gonna do else? Oh, with this? I have five okay. cabins there. Oh, okay. So I have, uh, and we went in and just kind of facelifted those and yep. made them super cute and cleaned <clears throat> the heck out of them. And then, um, of course, you know, I had to go in and buy like custom wood handmade beds and some nice things so you can have a real rustic, right. fun experience. But um, so I don't know. I don't know where this leads. I, right. I, my husband and I are in the process of building a little house for ourselves out there because the people who run it for us live in the main house. And, um, you know, there's just no reason why I can't work from there too. Sometimes. Yeah. Why right. not? Yeah. Why not? Uh, Cindy, t- tell us, uh, tell us about your favorite kid, Charlie. <laughs> 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 um, he's, he's pretty awesome. Yes. Yeah. Tell, uh, we, uh, so I went horseback riding in in Turks and Caicos and like the the ocean, and it was everything Cindy has been saying and more. It's just so beautiful, so uh, therapeutic. Uh, I love horses too. And they all just have their own unique personalities yeah. too, which is super cool to see because they all are very different. You know, a little are kind of a little snappy, a little more yeah. mopey, lazy. Uh, some are more chilled. So uh, some are very really hungry. Yeah. So tell us about Charlie, why you like Charlie's your favorite and yeah. what, what type of personality Charlie has. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to go right before that where I had went to the auction like maybe six months before Charlie and I bought a horse, came home, got on him. Mm -hmm. He bucked me off, stood right on my chest. Oh, wow. Like one just, you know, and I had like big bruise. He could have crushed me. So then it kind of put me into a little PTSD. Mm-hmm. So um, I had to decide if I was going to continue to ride or not because every time I'd get on a horse, even like my tried and true favorite horses, like the ones I leased, mm-hmm. I was I would just shake and I'd want to get off. So I had to kind of rebuild that. So um, my husband and I bought his horse and I started there, but it really came together when I got Charlie. Mm-hmm. So um, Charlie was kind of a misfit because he's just beautiful show horse that. Um, has this stripe down one side of his face. So his registered name is Two-Face Charlie. Because mm-hmm. when he's on this side, he's white, and on this side, he's black. But anyways, yeah, so he, he, had, his, he had a little issue with his foot, so he was just not the perfect prancer. Yeah. And so he came into my life, and I loved him unconditionally, and he turned out just to be the best horse. Awesome. How old is Charlie? He is 11. Okay. He'll be 12 this spring, which they always say, like, what's the best thing about a five-year-old horse? And they say, when he turns 11. (laughs) (laughs) Because the older they get, they just get more, like, been there, done that. Yeah, yeah. But he's turned out to be great. Like, he sometimes is a little snotty when I'm getting him ready. and Mm -hmm. and, um, But he'll always run in from the pasture when I call him. Mm -hmm. And he's always really happy to see me. And when I get on him, he's perfect. So... 
And yeah, I it's a over. connection that like yeah, yeah. I, it, and it's 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 like since the probably like since human. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah. I mean, they can they can hear your um they can hear your heartbeat from feet away. Okay. Yeah, and they can sense things. So like the summer, I had the surgery, and then the doctor was like, "Okay, take your time before you go back." So like ten days after, I went out there, and I just oh, I just wanted to ride so bad. So I got up on them. Then I went around in a circle. Next thing I'm like, ah, you know, I think we'll be fine. Let's go out on the trails. And he literally, I mean, he just knew that we couldn't trot. We couldn't gallop. We just had to just take it go slow. through just the take trails. It slow up there. No spooking at a deer, mm. nothing. And every once in a while, he'd look back at me like, you got it? All right. Yeah. So wow. it is pretty yeah, cool. That's, that's so cool. Awesome. Hey, no, see, that, I've and, never and rode a horse, young, so yeah, I, I don't know. The young ones, <laughs> the young ones, Cindy was saying, they're wild. The young ones, yeah. <laughs> they, they, so we had a bunch of horses in Turks and we had a whole line and it was just, just to see, like you said, their different personalities and yeah. how they are. They're just majestic creatures. Like I, I love, I love, I love them. And I, I wish fun. I had oh, time I, to do more, but. Oh, I was just going to ask. I can't get this out of my mind without, and I can't let this podcast go without it. So how did you come up with Charlie? Like, is that Charlie Horse? Like, is that Charlie? Oh, <laughs> you know, his name was Charlie when I got him. So oh. his, uh, on his, what, it's his papers by the uh, American Quarter Horse Association. Mm-hmm. It says, like his birth certificate, it's Two-Faced Charlie. Because okay. he has, like, on this side, he's got the white face yeah. with white eyelashes. And on this side, he's got the brown face with brown eyelashes. Oh, wow. So that's actually really cool. Okay. So he's just you have to show really me a photo. Yeah, I got to see a photo of that. He's very striking, and he's just a really special little guy. Yeah. Nice. yeah. How, yeah. how long does horses typically live? Because I, I don't know anything about horses. Oh, gosh. They yeah. can live into their 30s. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If good health and, and all good that. Good health and yeah. good care and not mm-hmm. being tossed around from person to person. Yeah. Um, okay. You know, it's, it's the coolest thing is, I'm going to tell you a couple of fun facts about horses, and you'll always think about this. They do not get cold. See, that's what I've always wondered about a horse, and that might be a dumb question. How, do, how does but they live know in, that? But, like, and it, doesn't matter. They live in, it doesn't matter what breed either? I mean, if they're really super old, like a geriatric oh, okay. horse... And they may get cold a little bit um, because you see these people putting all these blankets on their horses, but they really don't get cold. Like you can, you can. They don't? Is it their skin or what? What protects them from that? Well, like if you see a horse that's getting snowed on, Uh it'll just pile up on their back because their skin is like waterproof. So, um, but as long as they can get a good steady flow of forage, mm-hmm. so like they just have the steady, like eat as much hay as they want, that warms their body constantly. So you see people who like put their horse in the stall at night with heat, and then it has to be like all right, kept. That's what I no, no, they don't. They don't. If you need leave that. the door open to the barn; they'll stay outside. So they're treating <laughs> yeah. them like puppies, like our dogs are yeah. like, like that's my pet. They'd rather be outside. <laughs> They'd rather be outside. Okay. Because I was thinking, like, in Montana, it gets cold there and it snows and there's a lot of horses. Yeah. They can handle it, like, up to 40 below. I mean, they're... 40 like, below? Yeah. Yeah. What? They really yeah. don't get cold as long as they have, know. like, a shelter. I did not know that. Yeah. Our horses, yeah, we went through the water and the ocean and, like, they got back out and it was, like, they're... 
uh, fur was not even wet or anything like you that. You see, this might be a dumb my uh, my horse <laughs> name was Pilgrim. Oh, yes, oh yeah, Pilgrim. nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pilgrim, I still huh? remember it. Shout out to you, Pilgrim. <laughs> <laughs> see, I thought horses like go south in the wintertime. Yeah, no. <laughs> when it gets warm what, again, like they birds? Go, yeah, like I, I thought that. <laughs> it's amazing. And the horse community <laughs> argues about it. Oh. About the, you know, and people do tests and all this stuff to see if they get warm. But yeah. they grow their uh, winter coat and okay. uh, they shut it off in the spring. And um, they really don't, unless they're like elderly or sick, they don't really need to be yeah. tended to that way. They just need okay. proper grass, hay, forest. You know. Yeah, they get pretty spendy too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're definitely. Um, yeah, I was going to ask, like, how, how yeah. much does it, if someone wanted to buy a horse, how much would they typically spend uh, with the upkeep with a horse through the whole year? Yeah, depending on if they have it at their house or if they're boarding it, I would say you're probably going to need 1000 bucks a month for this and that. Okay. You know, if you... Okay, it's not bad. Yeah. You so could probably get by with less. Yeah. It's more if you... um Like for me, I was telling you before that I, you know, I board two horses in Stillwater, so I pay like $350 per horse mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to stay there. But then, you know, if I go on vacation, somebody's watching them. If they fall down or cut their nose on the feeder or something, they're going to call me. Yeah, they're yep. taken care of. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Well, that's nice. So, yeah, I think people get the misconception that it's not economically feasible um, because it's like when you do think of horses, you're thinking of those like Kentucky Derby top, top horses that maybe cost like half a mil yeah. to maintain. Right. Like the st- stallions? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, that, you know. that's a, the and big like they have to be kept separate. They can't be put with any horses. Yeah, yeah. Because they'll Why not? beat them they're up. Tempered? Oh, oh, they, yeah. oh yeah. horses fight each well, other? Well, if they're with girls, they'll breed them. Oh, and yeah, if they're with right. boys, they'll fight them. So they oh. always have to be kind of separate from mm-hmm. the other horses, which I'm is learning. Sad. I'm learning everything today. I know. I yeah. thought horses all just get this. along with each other. I'm still learning. Oh, that's the cool thing is there's a hierarchy. So like... Like right now in South Dakota, we had like six horses in our pasture. And then we had this baby horse that I brought. Whole nother long story. That I had him shipped in mm-hmm. from Canada. Anyways, he's now old enough to go in with the, with the other horses. So we put him in. Of course, they were mean to him, mean mm. to him, mean to him. initiation period. How, how do they hit him? Like, uh, uh, they uh, just yeah. like just bite him. Or do they just know, bite? Yeah. Oh, okay. They yeah. nip him. Okay. It's a hazing period. Horse, yeah, they horse kick him and they're mean to huge. him. Yeah. 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 They I guess just, I've never seen that either. And then I guess they teach him. So, like, he's only one. So, until he's three, those guys are going to be teaching him herd etiquette. Mm. <laughs> I did yeah. not know that. It is so funny. Yeah, but then the next one that comes in is going to get his Same thing. by Easton. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, they all do that. So, like, when I moved my horses from Lake Elmo to Stillwater, they had to go through the hierarchy fight with the new horses right away to see mm. who's going to be in what position. So do they just break them up or they do they watch that? They like, watch it to make sure that nobody's going to get, get like hurt. killed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They can trample another horse. Yep. I mean, if usually, they all gang up on them. Usually uh usually nature takes its course. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Like okay. like when I brought Jojo and Charlie to their place they are now. Jojo's he's a badass. Sorry. No, you're fine. And Charlie he just runs behind Jojo and then within a few days they were Okay. Yeah. I found their spot. Okay. But yeah, I did. When I did that out in South Dakota, I sat out there with the whip and chased all the horses away and spent like the whole day out there. <laughs> Cindy, I want to ask you about something you mentioned earlier that you're also an author. 
Yes. Um, and that you've written a total of three books. Yes. Is that correct? Uh, one called Obsessed to Success, which you can get on Amazon. Uh, all these books, I believe, you can get on Amazon. Yeah. Uh, Should have a link. Pronounce uh, the other title for me. I want to make sure I get it right. Uh, what is it? The children's book is called Living the uh, Papa Na Life. Is that? <laughs> That's pretty good. Is that? Yeah. So the, the first, so the first book was just like a children's book. So that's the event. What was it, Alec? The Adventures of Papa Wapana, I think. And then the next one was Papa Wapana Living the Papa Life. Yes. So uh, that uh, was the chapter book. So okay, wait. Wh- which one was your... the first one? Was the first? Because I see the beagle with the magical Oh, nose. yeah. That's what it is. Sorry. What's the papa? What's the papa? 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 It just, it, you know, when we bought him, his name was Cinnamon. And then over time, mm. we started calling him Puppy Whoopy. Mm-hmm. And then it just evolved. Yeah, just that's what from I there. do with my dogs, yeah. too. Yeah, you just call them different <laughs> yeah. names, but yeah. they know. Yeah, but the kids always called him Papa. Yeah. You know, A.K.A. Papa. But yeah, Papa and I had all these things that happened to him and all these adventures, and he was such a pain in the butt. Yeah. But um, so uh, kids really loved saying that name. So my friend and I decided we'd just, you know, write hone in on that and write a book. <laughs> so we wrote that book. It was more of a passion project. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you don't get rich off self-publishing in most cases. Um, and then we decided to move on with the chapter book because that was more of like a backpack book that a kid who's learning how to read could just mm-hmm. read. Yeah. And then after that, I find I had written these manuscripts, just kind of banged them out on my computer mm-hmm. over a couple of quieter winter That's months. That's by the way, and because then I w- people get that stuff written sometimes. Like yeah. authors usually hire oh, people. Oh, goes through, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Like, that's impressive. Yeah, it <laughs> was, you know, it was a process. Like with the with the business book, I just, I wanted it to be really simple, like a book you could just read in a few hours. Mm-hmm. I didn't want a book that ties me in for months. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah. you know, business books, they're sometimes can be a little yeah. slow. Yeah. Boring. But, yeah. So is that how a, you kind of got into it? You were like the first one, just stories of your dog. True stories of your dog. And how did the illustration, was it you and your partner? You did the story, they did the illustration? or No, I had to hire somebody to do the illustrations. Gotcha. And that was like a whole process in itself, like just figuring out how do you publish a book? Yeah. And how do you yeah. do this? And how do you do that? And so I like to just do things to have the experience. Mm-hmm. So I, I did it. And, you know, there was always something like you had to get the special number and send yeah. a copy to the Library of Congress. And I don't know. I, I'm weird. I like doing stuff like that and seeing what the experience is was like. Was there a lot of steps to, to doing that? Yeah. It, it like was, sucked out my living life. Oh, okay. <laughs> so are you, I, I, I was going yeah, so to say, are you planning to write more? Yeah. Is there more books yeah. maybe in the way? Sounds like a daunting uh, the, task. The, the, ranch, yeah, the ranch life? I don't think so. The oh, ranch life? Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe. I don't know. I, it was too fun. many things you're doing here. It was fun to do it you know like yeah i don't know I just maybe like, the next book is about horses who knows there we go i like doing stuff yeah okay you know, I, <laughs> I like doing stuff too I like doing stuff, <laughs> put that one on the record yeah, yeah. it's kind of fun like my like uh back in 2016 my brother passed away and i found all of his these cassettes when we cleaned out his house of all this music he used okay. to play in the basement and he'd like lay the keyboard and then he played the drums and he'd do everything himself. Oh. And so I knew that the family really missed him and everybody was really sad and we were we were all grieving. So I went and I just produced a CD really quick. Mm. I mean, it was, you know, it, it, 
the, these were bad recordings, but I yeah. couldn't get them redone. So I just, a friend of mine who has a band showed me this site and I was able to put everything in there. And now all those songs are on iTunes for the family. Nice. They can just download yeah. them. It sounds That's like beautiful. you guys as a family, you know, in particular, you have a lot of creativity. Yes. You know, a lot of creativity yeah. in how you guys do stuff, even how you run your businesses, uh, you know, from your son, Alec, to you. Um, so I've tend to notice that. Um, it's just fun to do stuff. Right? Try yeah. things. Check that off your bucket list. Yep. If it works, it works. If, if it, it works, works it works. Yeah. Yeah. Here's a question I had. What's better, Swiss chocolate or American chocolate? Definitely <laughs> because Swiss we, chocolate. Yeah, right? It was, it, was, it was a pretty... I've never had Swiss chocolate. Yeah. It oh, was yeah. A, Have you ever had a Toblerone? A what? A Toblerone. Yeah. It's a Toblerone. Long, it's like a long candy yeah. bar. A lot of times they put them in hotels. Huh. You have a little PC yeah. to break off. Maybe I'm not staying at the right hotels. You're staying. Uh, you're not staying at the nice hotels. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I like. Uh, they give you a, a Hershey's just, fun I'll, size. I'll, I'll, stay, I'll, I'll, I'll stay in my uh, my four star. Hotels. No. Um, so why why we asked that question to Cindy is we know that you lived in Switzerland yes. for a couple of years. Um, so obviously we had to ask if the their chocolate was really better, and I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> No, um, it's it's very good, and you you know Nestle is a Swiss company, so I'm sure you've had their chocolate. Yes, but they yeah, yeah, but yeah, but yes, but they make it differently depending yes. on where the True. so okay how they produce it in Switzerland is different how they produce it here. So yeah, the there's Nestle and Nestle. Yeah. Nestle. That's how you pronounce it over yeah, here? Nestle. Oh. Nestle. That's the designer one. Yeah. Nestle. Nestle is like the Givenchy, Givenchy. Armani Exchange in Giorgio Armani. Think of it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you go to exchange Armani for Giorgio. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, so how was uh, how was Switzerland? How was living in Europe? You know, I, I follow this account on Instagram that shows beautiful landscapes yeah. and nature of switzerland it's it's a beautiful beautiful co- country obviously when you bring up switzerland it's like the well, first thing you think of financially is a swiss bank account yeah, <laughs> yeah. i had one too yeah. but it had like 400 bucks in it yeah when i think of swiss bank account i always think of the first jason Bourne movie when he goes yeah. <laughs> his yeah. swiss bank account is like 10 passports <laughs> bunch of money and a gun oh my god <laughs> Okay. You didn't have that lifestyle out there, did you? <laughs> no, no. Cindy, no, did you have no. the Jason Bourne Swiss bank account? No. <laughs> $400. No, no. Okay, uh, tell, us, tell us how that experience was. How did that, how did that kind of uh, shape you in a way, and what, yeah. what did you gain from that? Oh, gosh, I learned so much there. So, um, I mean, I would have to say moving to Switzerland just grew me up because mm-hmm. going over there, you know, you've got culture differences. And so in, in the... Uh, spirit of just doing things Mm -hmm. so when I was there the first I got there on like a Friday and on Monday I had to start my classes for Mm -hmm. learning German so every day I went to the Club Schule Migro and did my classes from eight to noon they speak German there is that the language of that part so we were in in Bern which is the capital city Mm -hmm. and so each so there's three different languages actually four but the other one's kind of a obsolete language but they speak uh, French, Italian, and German. And then they all have their dialects. Okay. So the written language, like in the paper and on TV, where it's dubbed in, everything is high German, like Germany German. Mm-hmm. And then everybody speaks their dialect. Kind of like we're talking, gonna wanna kinda shoulda, woulda, coulda. Yep, yep. So for me, it was kind of like learning two languages at the same time. 
So do you do you know English and German, or do you know other languages too? Uh, no, I I still know enough German to get by. Okay. By the time I left the country after two years, I was fluent. Okay. Oh wow! But wow. I've been I've been back since 1994. But have I mean, uh, any have you thought about going back to Switzerland? I'm sure you still have connections there. People, oh, yeah. Yeah. relationships, friends, and yep. Yeah. Don't you mean? Yeah, I mean, I've been back to visit a few times since we since I moved because I lived there from '92 to '94, mm-hmm. and um, I worked for a company over there for the Swiss and the American National Science Foundation. That was really a cool job. Oh, nice. and uh, I kind of happened upon it yeah. and and got to have that experience. I had this really cool scientist that I worked for that really took care of me. They have the Hedron yeah. Collider there, the stuff that shoots the particles. And I think there was some news recently about that. Uh, God, what was it about in regards to some particle they made? But yes, yeah. the, they're big over there in regards to the, the science. And yeah, like the first emails I sent were through the university. And so it was like a DOS system. So I'd have to like. Was the screen green? It really kind of was. It was literally like the computer's just, huge. Yeah, like you'd click a button and one sentence would pop out, and then you'd, and then it would break down, and I'd have to wait, wait for weeks for some guy from the university to come fix. They come it. fix the computer. Yeah. Jeez, how times have changed. Yeah, it was so different. So was but. it a culture shock when you moved out there? Yeah, it was. I mean, just like. Going to leaving the house and going to the train and getting on the train and going to, into town. I'm used to and grew up with Minnesota nice, yeah. and people would practically knock me off trying to get on the train. <laughs> really, so, I thought Swiss people are nice. Right? They're nice, but you know they're on a mission. They're okay, just like get they out of my way. Going. I'm getting they're to the They're European. Seat. Yeah. They're like, <laughs> yeah. What does that mean? <laughs> That when you go, you'll know what that yeah, means. Yeah. <laughs> when you go to yeah. Europe, I you will know exactly what I, I videos. mean. I just got back from Holland recently are too. Yes. Are they rude there? Yeah, it's no, not just like it's not a rude right? thing. It's just like I got things to do, and you're kind yeah. of in the way. Yeah, they're just more curt. <laughs> yeah, they're just like new, okay. rude is New York. <laughs> yes, yes, New York. Yes, I rude know is New York. They're over there. It's like they kind of know you're a tourist too. So it's just like yeah, do oh, your it's thing, just another tourist here. Okay. But, okay. you know, a lot of people in Europe like to practice their English skills. So anytime I go anywhere, everyone wanted to talk to me. But mm-hmm. then the longer I learned the language, mm-hmm. and the better I got, then it, the rule was always whoever speaks the other person's language better, that's the language we speak. <laughs> and so, wow. you know, I would go into a store and order a donut or a croissant, and then the person would switch and start speaking to me in English. And I'm like, oh, no. Yeah, and I'd keep them back. No, yeah, you got to put them back. We're speaking German yeah. here now. Do so. they call you Yankee girl, or no. they didn't call you Yankee or anything like no, that? No, the only people that use that Yankee term is mainly English. Brits, yeah, the Brits, Brits yeah. yeah. People were nice to me, and I'll okay. tell you, the food was unbelievable. I have, believe yeah, that. and the I mean, walking, yeah. you yeah. know, like I didn't know when I was, I was only twenty five when I went okay. over there, and so we'd go into the Swiss Alps and we'd walk up the mountain, and I'm like, what is this walking up the mountain stuff? Who does that? Well, apparently people do that. So I, I learned. And then when my family came to visit me, we walked up the mountain and they said the same thing. And I'm like, what's wrong with you? Because, you know, you get used <laughs> right. to it. You like what you're used to. But yeah, no, just, you know, they, I don't know. I don't know what, what our yeah. farming is like here, but the food there is just good, wholesome, farm to table. I, I really like that a lot. Uh, 
um, what country would I want to go yeah, to? Yeah. yeah. I think right now, okay, so a couple years ago, my husband and I went to Italy like twice. And um, whereabouts I, in Italy? Well, we did the first time we did um, Rome and Tuscany. Mm-hmm. And it was cool because we heard about this guy, Luca. And we hired him, and he just took us everywhere. Nice. nice. And then Beautiful. we went back, and then he had us fly into Milan, and so we did, like, the northern Italy, and then oh, worked okay. our way okay. back to okay. Tuscany. So mm-hmm. I, nice. I really love Italy, but I, I still want to do the whole Scotland-Ireland thing. Oh, okay. yeah. Those are, like, my bucket list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Where's that time frame Beautiful like? scenery. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe a couple years. It's funny because I, I do a lot of work with Spare Key, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of that, but that's like a charity that they're very involved with real estate. But I bought a trip to uh, uh, Ireland when I was at the gala through one of the silent auctions. Mm -hmm. And then the pandemic hit. So two years went by. So I ended up donating it back. Oh, But, but we'll see. As long as I don't have to wear a mask, I'll go again. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that's hopefully done. Um, Yeah. Me too. You, you, you can go to England and just hit all those yeah. th- that uh, yeah. th- that island. <laughs> yeah, we'll probably do it. Yeah, yeah. In a couple of years, but I kind of got busy with the ranch thing, mm-hmm. and so then it was like that's where we were going every. Yeah, time. we wanted to actually. Yeah, we want to talk to you about travels. We know you like traveling yeah. and yeah. stuff like that. I do like it. Yeah. Yeah. You got to treat yourself. You should go this this summer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that would be a good idea. I know it's hard telling a CEO that, but <laughs> no. no, it's it's I can do more now, which is amazing because. Over the last three years, I worked really hard building this team. So yeah. now I have a COO and I have a president. So mm-hmm. before I was president and CEO. So now I just really get to kind of oversee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you delegated advise. those tasks. I think, uh, yeah. I think people like us, no matter where we are in the world, uh, you know, a part of us is still thinking about our business and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. They'll um, never stop. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Lastly, you have to if you want to be successful. Yeah. <laughs> I think <laughs> lastly, we want to talk about uh, it is December. It is just a few yeah. weeks away. Christmas. Christmas. Any any yeah, plans? Yeah, what are you doing for Christmas? You're shopping. Have you done any shopping? Have you got, uh, Alec, anything, anything nice? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I, uh, I, I'm, I like to get things done ahead yeah. of time, so I think I'm pretty much done shopping, mostly done wrapping, because I'm a little bit of a weirdo that way. And um, so now I'm just looking forward to enjoying the time. Are you a good rapper? Yeah. Yeah, you probably are. Um, These guys know I always have, I have to have four pairs of scissors during the present wrapping on opening because I use so much ribbon. Oh, the yeah. I have must look real nice. Then. If you I get a gift from me, it's just crumbled. Oh, that's, sweet. that's sweet. I like that. Yeah, I just got style with their presents. It ain't just yeah. wrapping. You don't even try? I'm just, it's like kindergarten stuff. I'll just. Yeah, I tried. Hey, I haven't hey, got the, the wrapping hey, down. I, first of all, I don't have the experience, okay? So I've never been like yeah, wrapping gifts here. I know how to wrap them really good. You do? I just don't go above and beyond with the ribbon thing because I don't know how to tie a ribbon real good. But I don't do um, it I do fancy. A perfect, I just, you know. Oh, okay. Just enough so I can carry them. Oh, okay, okay. I can't get the perfect bow. <laughs> you don't want to see my wrapping <laughs> skills. My so you're all, you're all done. You're all pretty much just wrap, pretty much. wrapping it up. Yep, now I'm just, you know, like. Is there me? anything you're hoping for? Intent uh, anyone um, else in uh, Christmas? Well, I, I oh. really like the gift of time. Uh, okay. There's the nothing that I love more than just like Christmas morning, my kids, yeah. John's kids, so our kids. Yep. And then now this year we have a new grandbaby. Oh, so congratulations. Congratulations. Yeah. Congrats. So that will be fun. And I still stuff all the stockings. For all like my husband and all of our kids and now Calvin, baby Calvin. Yeah. So I have this 
routine or a tradition where I wrap everybody's stocking stuffers in tissue paper. So everyone gets a different color. And I asked the kids this year, I'm like, can we quit doing that? And I'll just give you guys presents. And they're like, no, get rid of the presents. Give us the stocking stuffers. <laughs> so I think I'm never going to have to be able to get rid of that. No, that is nice. Yeah. In, a, in, a, in a world where it's like constantly work, constantly this, that, you know, it's nice to kind of just stop that time for a little bit. Yeah. Hang out with the people you love and the people that love you. So yeah. that's that's. I love that. Is uh, Christmas your food. favorite holiday? Yeah, we love Christmas. Yeah, same same here. Yeah. yeah. We also heard you're a big fan of the Big Apple, New York. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Heard you tear it up down there uh, when you go over there. Well, I went once this year, and I wasn't planning to go for a while, which just because, you know, after the pandemic, things mm-hmm. have just been a little uncertain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did go. I did have a good time, but... Um, then the ranch kind of replaced that because yes. I used to go probably three or four times a year. And now I try to get out to the ranch almost monthly, but I still love it. I still have my routine yep. that I like to do. Sometimes I stay down in Soho. Sometimes I stay up at Midtown. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was going to say, uh, what's what the a, routine? Yeah. That's a, yeah. Is, yeah but what an opposite pack. end of the spectrum type of thing. It really the, is. The, the, the ranch and then New York. You're right. <laughs> it, it is crazy because I literally used to spend three hours in Louis Vuitton with my friend and we would, <laughs> she would drink champagne and I'd have Perrier and we yeah. would just try on everything. Yeah. That's how they get you yeah. in the Louis Vuitton store. They, yeah. their service of like catering to you is, is like when we were in Dubai and my buddy, not me, my buddy was buying some stuff and like, they're even catering to us because we're just hanging out with him. Yeah. You're there. <laughs> Bringing me out like Spartan. Like, it's like a restaurant. I, I could have literally, I, I do, actually, I did tell them I was hungry and they brought me some food. Wow. I mean, if you're yeah. spending that much money in a store, yeah, he ended up should have. I don't even want to say what he ended up spending, but well, <laughs> so the know, sandwiches were. <laughs> instead yeah. of buying an expensive, never full bag, I could yeah, buy JoJo John's horse. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there you go. You know, or half like a Charlie. You know, yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah. You'll have more fun with JoJo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So no. that you know, Broadway shows, I still love them. Last time I went, though, I had to wear a mask, and that really annoyed me. So mm. I thought I got to wait a little bit. Until yeah. That's Did you ever get to see the super, what's a Lynn Miranda one? Um, um, the Thomas Jefferson? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, um, what is that? God, what uh, was Hamilton. It Hamilton. Yes. Hamilton. Like, that's I did see like Hamilton. Hamilton. Yeah. How was that experience? I really liked it. Okay. You I liked did. That I mean, the talent was just unbelievable. And I waited a long time to see it because I didn't want to have to buy my tickets a year in advance. Yeah. And it was, it was sold out. out. It was sold out for a long time. And I finally waited long enough for it to be there that I got tickets. And I like, I, I like good seats. So, I, you know, <laughs> they were expensive, but it was really It's phenomenal. worth it. Yeah. yeah it's experience. I'd see it again. You would see it again? Yeah. Okay. And, you know, there's certain shows that I'd see over and over and over, like Wicked. I'll see that again yeah. a million times. Yeah, yeah. I, we have that. I have that about certain movies too. Like, yeah, just like Die Hard. I had to watch that. I love Die Hard. Is Die Hard okay? <laughs> I have a question. Yeah, is it a, a Chris? Is it a Christmas it movie? Is. You already it know I was gonna is. ask. Yeah, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? It is. <laughs> and then I, I'm a huge fan of Rush Hour. Like, oh my god, yeah. Rush Hour Rush Four is coming out. Rush yeah, Rush Hour One, Two, Three. Like, I love those. I'll probably have to go home now and watch that. It's so yeah. I'm gonna yeah. It's so good. Yeah. Okay. Our final question to you, Cindy, <clears throat> what does the future hold for you? What, what, is there anything, are you kind of, I know you've said 
taking it day by day but is there something you know uh, people like you are always visionaries you yeah. always see a year five ten in advance what do you see yeah. well i mean i went through a lot of thoughts about you know if i was going to continue to work long term and i <laughs> i've come to the realization that i'm probably gonna do with my title business i like I'm like a joan rivers thing where i'll just always be the figurehead and always yep. be working a little bit mm-hmm. And that way I can get the most out of the company over time. And then maybe hopefully talk one of my kids into getting interested in being a succession plan. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely want to focus more on the horses. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't mind uh, doing a little breeding. Oh, I nice. love those babies. Oh. I do. Yes. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I'm going to have to work through letting them go. Because mm-hmm. if you yeah. breed for money, you got to sell them. Yeah. Because right now, I just want to keep them all. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and I definitely want to work on be just becoming more, you know, more comfortable in my horsemanship. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, we'll see. Nice. So just more time at the ranch. For yeah. You. I mean, I, I've only been doing horses now for less than three full years. I did it younger as a young girl, but you're so fearless at that point. Yeah. So I really want to, um, you know, I have a lot to learn that I think I can still focus on. And I like spoiling them with chiropractic appointments and acupuncture appointments and mm. massages. And <laughs> <laughs> and there's still so much so much you could do. There's so much yeah. you yeah. can do so with much. that and so much that you can learn and yeah. experience yeah. will mm-hmm. take you there too. So I'm it's a journey. I'm also really interested in like the bigger picture stuff. Like, yes. you know, like I believe in God and creation and all those things, mm-hmm. but I also believe that there's tons of stuff in outer space that we don't know about and vibrational frequencies and just oh that's a perfect can we get you back for another episode (laughs) yeah i mean i'm still learning so much (laughs) well we can get her back for the manifestation i think she's done a lot of that throughout her life yeah that's i really interested you ever watched that ancient civilizations or ancient apocalypse yes yes i literally watched that twice in one weekend and i'm like there's more out there yeah. that we don't know. know. Well, I need to know. It's kind of spooky. In regards to that show, yeah. I think the the thing that like was the craziest was like the Egyptians and the Mayans were building similar yes. things yeah. around the same time, but they had no way of you know contact or anything. So that was crazy. Yeah. So I have this Gaia app on my phone now, <laughs> and I'm constantly watching all these. All shows right. <laughs> we are. We're out of time. Yes, we are out of time. Ta- time and maybe alec can play the x-files theme song as we roll yeah. out here um, <laughs> that would be a perfect way to end but no thank you cindy so much for coming by for taking time out of your busy busy schedule thank you we really appreciate we, it we me. appreciate it so much here uh everyone here at weekly deposit at superior realty group we want to say thank you Thank you. It was very fun. Coming back? Yes. yes. We'll come you, guys back? Are, you guys are awesome. Yes, okay. we hope to have you back. Thank and you. more stories, more closing day stories, more Charlie stories. So we're, we're excited to have you back. Yeah. We'll ring the bell for episode five. And we're out. <laughs> See ya. Five.